My, oh, my. The name of the message tonight is Kept from Evil. Kept from Evil. Tonight we'll continue our study in John chapter 17, and Lord willing, we'll cover two verses tonight. What, we, what is said in verse 16, we actually covered last week about the people of God not being of the world. So we're just going to continue on our study. We'll go from 15 to 17. So next week we'll be looking at John 17, verse 17. But let's read, let's read John 17, verses 6 to 16. Now remember, we as God's people, our citizenship is in heaven. Right? We seek a better country. This world is not our home. As that song says, we're just a passing through. Right? We are going to be up in glory very quickly in light of the years. I find, can you believe it's already, it's already October? What happened? My goodness. Is it me that, but as the older you get, the time goes even faster. It just seems to speed right up. My goodness. So, our citizenship isn't here, and, and we're, we're waiting for our promotion, aren't we? We're waiting for our promotion when the Lord calls us home. My, oh, my. And, and at our death, when he returns, either when, either when we die or when, if he returns and we're still alive, we're going to be with him. We're going to be with him forever. Forever. Glory to his name. So let's now look at John 17, and we'll read verses, again, 6 to 16 to see the context of the verses we're studying tonight. Keep in mind, again, this whole prayer is the high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this portion of Scripture that we're looking at now, from verses 6 to verse 19, he's speaking of the disciples, but it also has to do with we who are the people of God as well all the elect of all the ages. Let's look at verse 6. I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou gavest, thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I come out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. My. my. And, all are my and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. So where are we? Where are the people of God? We're, we're in the world. Now, our brothers and sisters, they've gone home to be with the Lord. But right now, there's, there's a remnant that's, within, that's in the world right now. Right now. And he's talking about the disciples. He's saying, I'm going to be going. I'm going to go back to my father. But these are going to still be in the world. They're still going to be in the world. And I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep thou thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Verse 12, right now. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Look at that. Kept. 
kept by the great shepherd. Those that thou gavest me. Look how many times we've seen already. Those you gave me. Those who are thine. They're mine. My. All possessive words, beloved. All possessive words. I have kept. And none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee. And these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So we see verse 16 is very similar to verse 14. And we covered the fact that we're not of the world, even as Christ is not of the world. Remember, he came from above, right? We came from beneath, but we're born again from above. We have the, we have the Holy Spirit within us. So we're not of the world anymore. We're not of the world anymore. Now, this prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ, this high priestly prayer, is very precious to we who are the people of God. It's, a, it's a, such a precious, precious prayer such a precious portion to all true believers because we have an interest in it, beloved. As the born-again, blood-washed people of God, when he's talking about those whom the Father has given him, we have an interest in that, don't we? That's us. That's us. So we have an interest in this prayer. My, not only because it's spoken by our Lord Jesus Christ, but because he's lifting us up to the Father. Most importantly, though, it's spoken by the, by the great king. He's praying for his elect. And marvel as we've looked through this prayer and as we will continue. Marvel at the Lord's intercession for us. He's saying, he's saying we're, we're in the world now, right? He's already prayed that we'd be kept from evil. Now, we have evil all around us, don't we? Do you know what? If he hadn't prayed for us, we'd be consumed by it ourselves. If the Lord didn't protect us, we'd be consumed by sin ourselves. Because we're born again, yes, but we still have the flesh, don't we? And if flesh is a flesh, we battle with the flesh, don't we? All the time. All the time. Think of this, though. However weak we are, however poor, however little our faith, our names are still written on his heart. They're written on his heart, beloved. And he will not lose one of us. He will not lose one of his sheep. Because we're kept by his power, all according to his eternal love. Kept by him. It's wonderful. Right now, we're on his heart. And, and I, I, we find that hard to believe, don't we? But it's true, beloved. He's interceding right now for us. And note in the first section, Spurgeon brings forth a negative prayer. He says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. And then we see the positive side of this verse where, where it proclaims, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. Now, for us, 
I pray that thou shouldest not take them out of the world. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard people talk about, you wonder why the Lord doesn't take people home as soon as he saves them? Because <laughs> it would, they just go right to glory, right? But there's a purpose. There's a purpose, beloved, why we're still on this earth. Yeah, we have, we have labors to do for the Lord. But there's something else, too. We're being conformed to the image of the Son. And he, we do. He's ordained us to good works. Ephesians 2 brings it so clearly. He's ordained every, every believer to good works. We don't know what they are. But he's going to have us do them, beloved. He's going to have us do them. Remember, if you give a cup of water in the Lord's name to one of his people, it's like you've done it unto him. Now, we don't, we don't go, okay, I've got to give Dave a cup of water now if he comes over. Or, or D, I've got to give you a cup of water. It's not like that. We just do it naturally, don't we? Because we love one another. Because we love each other. My, oh, my. So let's, let's consider the first part of this verse. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Again, when we see people converted to God, when men or women are turned from their sin and their iniquity unto righteousness, which is in, only in Christ, when men and women are saved from their sins, the thought again sometimes strikes us, Lord, just take them home. So they don't have to go through what we go through, Right? And would it not be an amazing thing to be translated and to go right to glory after the Lord saves you? To leave the realms of sin and be in the bosom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would be amazing to be with the one who loves us with an everlasting love. Would it not be wiser to take the young plants out from the chilly air of this world where they may be possibly be injured or weakened and transplant them to the land where they may bloom in peace forever. Oh, how our ways are not the Lord's ways. It's not the Lord's way. Remember the gathering demoniac? One of my favorite portions of scripture. Where... That man is tearing up chains and everything. That just pictures religion, man trying to reform him and put chains on him and try to, try to fix him. He just tears him all to pieces. But when the Lord comes, that man is sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's clothed, right? Which pictures us resting at the feet of Christ, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And the scripture says he's in his right mind. The mind of Christ. Now that man, he wanted to go with the Lord. He actually asked the Lord, can I, can I go with you? And our Lord, our Lord, after he said this, he said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, right? He said here in, in John 17, our Lord said to that demoniac, the, 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 the former demon-possessed man, you go and tell the great things that God had done for you. You go tell 
like you said, something for him to do. Just go and tell him. We can't convert him, right? Norm and I were talking today. And, Norm, and I said to Norm, what a blessing it is that we can stand up and preach and proclaim the gospel and leave it in the Lord's hands. Leave the numbers in the Lord's hands, whatever he, whatever he wants. And we were talking how spiritual growth in the church is so important. And we were both talking about how we see it amongst where we preach. I see it here incredibly. He sees it there too. And Norm said something. He said, you know, People like to think about numbers, he said, but spiritual growth is more important than numbers. And I thought, you know, there's something to that. Having, having God's people grow in grace, and that's the Holy Spirit, beloved. That has nothing to do with me. And Norm said, isn't it, isn't it wonderful that it's off our shoulders? I said, oh, brother, because we both came out of religion. We both came out of, of, of religion where it's all about what you do, and you've got to get everybody pumped up, and you've got to do all this. We both of us came out of the same thing. It's not about that. It's not about that at all. Not at all. And look at the prayer of our Lord here. Again, how our ways, how our ways are not, not his ways. The demoniac said, Lord, I, I would follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And I'm going to say it again, what Jesus said. Go to thy friends and, re- and relatives and tell them the great things that the Lord had done for you. Is that not what we do? Well, we're still here on this earth. Y'all heard I got the chance to talk to, to Crystal. You know, when that door opens, we just talk, don't we? We just tell the great things that God had done for us. He saved my soul. And he can save anyone who comes to him. By faith. By faith. And think of this. Some men, when they are converted, are all for going speedily to heaven. But, but they've, not, they've not done what God's purposed yet. Spurgeon said this, they would like to wear the crown without bearing the cross. They desire to win without running. And conquer without a battle. But their thoughts have no agreement from Jesus because he proclaims here, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. End quote. The Lord's praying about the apostles. He's saying, Father, I pray you don't take them out of the world yet. Because what do they have to do? They've got to go preach the gospel, don't they? He's going to send them out and say, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In the prayer of our Lord, he says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. God has appointed a time when we will be taken out of this world. Everyone in this world, believer and unbeliever, has an appointment that we shall not miss. I don't like going to the doctor. I'll make an appointment and then I'll call the doctor and say, well... I'm, I'm going to see you next month. As long as I got my refills and all that, I play this little game. It's not good. Vicky's really trying to get me to stop it. And now I got a doctor's appointment. This two weeks now, I, got to, I, I have to make that appointment this time. <laughs> but, but this is an appointment no one will miss. See, we can reschedule appointments. We can miss appointments, right, in this world. But this is an appointment no one will miss. 
Everyone in this world is appointed to die. There's no escaping death. Think of this. As soon as we're born, as soon as we start breathing, our hearts are a drumbeat to death. Every beat of our heart is a drumbeat to death. It's coming. It's coming. So God's appointed a time when, 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 when we will die. And there's no one who's going to escape that. But here we see a sweet way of our Lord talking about we who are his people that I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Now, death for you and I as believers, it doesn't have a sting anymore, does it? Now, when death comes, we're going to struggle like everybody else does to breathe until we have our last breath. But death doesn't have the sting because we're going right to glory, aren't we? All because of what Christ Jesus our Lord did. Again, death will come for all of us. All who are listening to this message or will listen to this message. Death's going to come. And if we be the Lord's, we're in his presence just like that. My, oh my. But if we're not, oh my. Woe. Woe is waiting. And just as a soldier, when he's done his duty, he hangs up his kit, and he goes home and rests. Old Roman legionnaires, they, when they finished their, their conscription and all that, they would settle on the lands that they conquered and just rest, become farmers. But we're going to go to glory. We're going to go to the ultimate rest. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. And note our Lord is praying for his disciples. And he does not pray that one of his chosen people should too soon be removed. Because he knows the time of their appointment, doesn't he? He knows. He knows the time of blooming for the flower. He knows when the weary pilgrim has made it home and will be taken home. And he prays here that his chosen people, these disciples, that they should not too soon be removed. He does not desire to see, Spurgeon said, his newly begotten souls plumb their wings and fly aloft to heaven until their time shall come. And how frequently does the wearied pilgrim put up a prayer, oh, that I had wings like a dove, that I'd fly away, that I'd go, that I'd go home to be with the Lord. How many times do we cry that, eh? But the Lord has us tarry, doesn't he? He has us tarry. But look at this. He's prayed for us. Not only can this prayer be, be applied to the disciples, but to all the people of God. To all the people of God. 
And Jesus didn't plead for our immediate removal by death, did he? Not at all. But he does ask that the Father would keep us from evil. He places us again into the hands of Almighty God. This is God the Son doing this. He asked that God would protect us, but he never asked for us to be gathered in before we are ripe. You don't gather fruit till it's ripe, right? When we are conformed to the image of Christ, you just take us home. Just take us home, beloved. Look at these words again. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Now, why does, G why does God have us tarry in this earth after we're saved? Why does our Lord Jesus Christ here pray that, that those who he's redeemed with his precious blood, those he's saved by his grace, why does he pray that we not be removed right away out of the earth? Here are some things to think about. First, it would not be for our own good to be taken out of the world right away. A little stay on this earth will make heaven even sweeter. Think of that. A little stay. A little taste of the things we go through on this earth. That's why we yearn for heaven, beloved. That's why we yearn to be with our king. That's why we yearn for him. And nothing makes, think of this, nothing makes rest so sweet as toil. Right? After you work a hard day, what do you want to do? You want to go home and rest. And I'll tell you what, when you're wore out, we used to come back from the construction sites just absolutely wore out, Vicky and I sometimes, because we get home at, you know, 11 or 12 at night, and we'd, we'd worked all day long, and we'd come home, and we'd just be ready to fall over. But just to sit down for a minute and rest, it was so sweet. So sweet. Just to sit. Just to rest. And nothing, again, makes rest so sweet as toil. Nothing can, can render security so pleasant as a long exposure to alarms and fears. Think of what we go through this world, in this world. There's fear, there's alarms that occur in our lives, right? But nothing will make the security we have in Christ more sweet than all that happening. Because what, what happens? What happens when a storm starts to, you see that storm cloud start to come in your life. Oh my, here it comes. And just like the sky gets black here, it gets black. And sometimes you feel like you're covered in Egyptian night. but there's always a ray, isn't there? There's always a light unto our path. And it's he who is the light, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's ever with us, lighting our path, beloved. All through that storm, those little dark clouds come around us, and then below, there's still that light. And he's guiding us and directing us all through that. See, if the Lord took us home right away, 
after our conversion, we'd never experience that. Right? We'd never experience that. We'd never experience that, that loving care, knowing that our Savior is ever with us. He's always beside us. He's carrying us. The footprints in the sand, I think they should just name it the one set of footprints. He just carries us our whole life, beloved. He does for me. I know that. He does for me. He just carries me along. Oh, my. And the more we're battered and scarred on this earth, the more glorious will be our victory. The more, the more glorious will be the triumph when we get home to heaven. And our Lord took us there and bought us there. All according to his will and his purpose. And what will we say? Hallelujah! We'll be praising his mighty name with the other saints, won't we? That's what the saints right now are doing. They're praising the Lord right now. Sister Kay, yeah, Brother Jim, yeah, Brother Wayne, they're praising God right now. Brother Richard, Sister Irene, they're just giving glory to God right now. And they're absolutely sinless. No pain, no sorrow. My, it'll be amazing. But all those situations they went through in their lives, right? All those things, just, just let them know the truth when Christ said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always going to be with you. Promise. Thy word is a light unto thy path, right? And this word is a light for us. And and Christ is ever with us. Lighten, as I said, lighten the way of this life for us. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He ordains our steps, beloved. My. Absolutely amazing. Spurgeon said, the deeper droughts of woe we drink here below, the sweeter will be eternal salvation in and through Jesus Christ. And, and he says, think upon this eternal glory where there's no more sin. None. None. Our dear brothers and sisters who went before us, they have no sin. They're not struggling with anything. None at all. And see, here we are. We toil every day, don't we? We toil every day. And that's why when we get the glory, we're going to sing unto him who's redeemed us with his blood. Unto the lamb that was slain. We're going to give him all the glory, honor, and praise, beloved. So let us not then, my brethren, fear to advance through our trials, for they are for our good. They're for our good. And we've all went through them, haven't we? But they're, our, they're for our good, and they're going to stop, and we're going to look back and see that they were a benefit to us. And when we get home to glory... I believe it's going to be revealed the whole thing for us. And I, I really think we're going to see so many times when, when we should have perished and the Lord protected us. All kinds of time. I believe that. There are so many times. I know times when I should have died. And I didn't. Before I was saved and after I was saved. My oh my. The Lord is so good. Number two. Reasons why, the second reason why the Lord keeps us in this world is think of the fellowship we have with Christ when we're on this earth. Think of the sweet fellowship we have with him. He's told us here, never leave us or forsake us during any storm that ever comes our way. And I believe, I believe that blessed fellowship with Christ comes more in the valleys 
than it does on the mountaintops. I've experienced that, have you? Yeah. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Blessed fellowship with Christ. So it's for our good that we remain on this earth. It's, it's for our good that we remain here. We would not have known this sweet fellowship of walking through this life, of having the Lord ever be with us if he took us right away after conversion. We'd never know it. We'd never know it. I should never know in half the Savior's love if I'd not went through the storms of afflictions. So it's for our good that we remain on this earth. It's for our good. And how sweet it is to learn about the Savior's love, about his unchanging love. Do you know there's never been a time? There's never been a time. I heard this in the message last week, and I, I, I'm still, it's still rolling around in my brain. There's never been a time when, when Christ didn't love us. Never. I told my daughter that last night. I said, Crystal, for God's people, there's never been a time when they weren't loved by God. She said, are you kidding me? I said, no. Isn't that amazing? Poor, wretched, no good sinner like me. You find out his love has been set upon you from eternity and you're just like, my Lord and my God, right? Oh, praise his mighty name. He's just amazing. So now we see, brother and sister in Christ, why, we're, why we remain on this earth. It's for our eternal benefit. It's for us to have sweet fellowship with Christ as we go through things in this world. And he says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Now the third reason that we're still in this world is for the glory of God the glory of God. When we go through a trial and affliction, we cling to our blessed Savior, don't we? We just hold on to him. We just cling to him. Like Russian waters coming at us, and we're just clinging to our king. You know what? That Russian water won't hurt us when we're clinging to him. What happens when you, if, if there's a, a big post in the river that can't be moved, a big rock, big rock because he's our rock and you're clinging to that rock and there's just storms of water coming all around you and if you hold on to that rock you're fine but if you let go you're swept away right think of this too not only are we clinging but he's just got us in his grip and he won't let us go <laughs> so even if we let go you're mine nothing's going to happen to you that, that, that nothing's going to happen to you that's not within my permissive will. My. Oh, that's such comfort, isn't it? We cling to him. He's our only hope. He's our refuge. He, he's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our salvation. He's our salvation. It is he. It is he who sacrificed himself to save his people from their sins. It's he who, who went to Calvary 
and suffered and bled and died in our room and place. It's he who bore the wrath of God as our sins were imputed to him and the wrath of God fell upon him for us in our room and place. It's he who's done this. It's he who rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven to show that God is satisfied with the sacrifice of Christ. He rose for our justification. It's, it's the Lord Jesus Christ who's done all this. It's he who shed his precious blood to redeem our eternal souls. See, we were, we were on a slate block of sin. You ever see the old slate blocks in the old movies? A bunch of slaves and they, they get, somebody stand up on the block and they say, somebody says, oh, I'll pay this much and they just keep. We were on the slate block of sin, beloved. And he was, he's mine full for him. I'll pay full for her. Everything you want, I'll pay for. He's mine. Father gave him to me. Father gave her to me. My, isn't that wonderful, beloved? It's one, and we don't know who the elect are, right? So, so the gospel goes out to everybody, doesn't it? Like you said, whosoever will, let him come. I'm not afraid of those words. Let him come to the water of life freely. Come, come. My. We're not going to hinder God. No. I'm just a poor sinner, are you? And nothing at all. Nothing at all. But you know what? Jesus Christ is my all in all. We're going to look at a story about that at the end of this message. Is he yours? Is he your all in all? Oh, the believer says, oh, I own him as my all in all by the grace of God and by the mercy of God. My, so God's people, God is glorified in the salvation of his people. We're regenerated by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. My, what great things he's done for us. Let's read verse 15 again. He says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil, or from the evil. Here we see our Lord again praying for our preservation. He's, he, he says, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave this world. Father, they're in your hands. We are in the hands of Jehovah. Not only are we in his hands, we're in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are kept by the power of God. God, the Holy Spirit, has regenerated us, hasn't he? We're not of this world anymore. We're not of this world anymore. Why do we like to come to church and others don't want to have nothing to do with it? Why do we, why do we specifically want to hear the gospel preached? And we don't want to have anything to do with error. Because we're not of this world, beloved. God, the Holy Spirit's done the work in us, hasn't he? And we love the truth. We love the gospel of God's salvation in and through Christ alone. That which speaks of the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, that which testifies of the glory of God, that salvation is of the Lord. All according to his 
to his everlasting glory, his goodness, his mercy, and his grace, and his eternal love, which has been manifested to us by the fact that he sent his son to die as a propitiation for our sins, to die as our substitute, to redeem us. The word of God came to this world willingly to save us from our sins. And we see here the word of God praying for our preservation. Again, he puts us again into the Father's care. And note the Lord Jesus Christ does not make their dying an object of prayer as the latter part of this verse says, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. Keep them from evil. Keep them from the evil. Our Lord Jesus Christ is praying that the apostles would be preserved in life, beloved, knowing that their death would follow at the appointed time. He already knew that, that they're appointed under men, it's appointed unto men once to die. He already knew that. So he asked the Father that, well, they're alive on this earth. Please keep them from evil. Keep them from the evil. Look, let's read it again. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Turn, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. They're not of the world. They would be hated and persecuted and killed by Christ's enemies in this world. And the Savior does not ask the Father to take them out before that, does he? Because they had a work to do. They had to go and preach the gospel. And that gospel, beloved, just spread like wildfire. All according to the, the providence and will of God. Look at this. Look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, Wherein I suffer trouble. As an evildoer, even under bonds, but the word of God is not bound. So he's being bound for supposedly being an evildoer, which is preaching the gospel, which we know is not being an evildoer. But he said, but the word of God's not bound. It's still Roman free. See, the word of God cannot be caged because it's the power of God unto salvation. And it will go and accomplish exactly what the Lord has willed it will accomplish. There was a day for every one of us who are believers that that word was preached and we heard it for the first time. Didn't we? He's calling my voice. He's calling my name. My. My, isn't that wonderful? Oh, we must remain in this world for, for a little while. You know why? For the comfort and for the edification of the church, too. We're each a blessing to one another. That's why fellowship is so important. Because we're a blessing to one another. Dave, you mentioned the coal aspect. You take a coal out from amidst a bunch of coals and you stick it over here, that coal is going to die and go cold, isn't it? 
And that's what happens. Yeah, you testify that's what happened to you, Dave. But now you're back. It's just, man, the calls are just, it's amazing, isn't it? It's so sweet. It's so wonderful. Just amazing what the Lord's done. My, oh, my. So they had a work to do. They were to go preach the gospel. They'll be taking the glory, but it'll be in God's time, right? We'll be taking the glory. We're ready now, aren't we? We're ready now. Sister Barb Kirkpatrick, she says, she says, I believe this world just makes us homesick for heaven. I said, oh, amen. It does, doesn't it? All these trials we go through makes us yearn to be in glory even more. And look, though, he prays that they might be all kept from the evil one. The believer does not pray for death nor deliverance from the common ills of mankind or even persecution for the sake of the gospel, but be delivered from sin, don't we? Sin is, sin is what bothers us the most, isn't it? Persecution will come. But sin's ever with us. My. Do you know what? I, I'm going to tell us a little story later on that won't have us sitting down there going, oh, I'm such a sinner. I just, I, I'm going to tell us a little story later on. And it helped me today. Oh, my gosh. Glory be to God. I'm saved. I'm redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord, the Lamb. Think of this, too. Behind all, e- all evil influence stands Satan. We know that. And that's especially against him that we need protection. Listen to the words of the master. He said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. That's what he does. We're no match for him, are we? But listen to this. This is what, but I prayed for thee. Oh, the master says to Peter, I prayed for you. That thy faith fail not. If, if Christ prays that our faith will fail not, what happens? Our faith won't fail, will it? That's, that's from God. And we give him all the glory for that, don't we? Because if it was our man-made faith, it'll be gone. Right? Oh my. He says, I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. That's what we're to do. We're to strengthen one another. Encourage one another. And I see that now. I see that here. Last three years I see it. It's incredible. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and it's all what God's done. It's all Him, beloved. Like I said on Sunday, there's no law anymore, is there? It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And our Lord is praying that the Father would keep them from evil. From the evil, not just the evil one being Satan, but the evil of sin too. And, and oh my, sin is evil and bitter. And it's committed against our God. It's committed against our God. It's committed against his righteous law and it brings ruin and destruction upon man. And from this the apostles were kept. Because they're in Christ. They're in Christ. Now, there's still sinners living on this earth. But their sin is not imputed to them. Because it's been imputed to Christ. It's wonderful, isn't it? My, oh, my. 
They're not, they're not removed from indwelling sin nor the commission of sin. And they're, and they're certainly not under the dominion of it anymore. Now we struggle with sin, don't we? Now we struggle with it. And we won't totally fall because it's he who keeps us. He who upholds us. And the scripture, sa- scripture says we are kept by the power of God. Isn't that wonderful? That's so wonderful. I'll tell you why. And our Lord prays that, our, that the disciples, as well as we who are the people of God, be kept from evil. The evil of the world. The evil of the world. And he's also praying that we be kept from Satan, the evil one. The evil one. Who is enmity originally and immutably. Not from being tempted by him, because we are tempted, aren't we, all the time. But from sinking under his temptations. Lord keeps us. Lord keeps us. He goes about as a roaring lion. Lord keeps us. We don't, we don't get devoured by him. He can't do nothing to us unless God allows. And even then, we're in the Father's hands. Aren't we? Protected. Protected. And this does not suggest, this, this prayer of our Lord does not suggest that our Lord doesn't have the power or the strength to keep us. He's simply giving us to, to the Father. Our Lord has all power, all might. But he's in full submission to the Father. Remember when he's on this earth? He's in full submission to the Father, isn't he? And this verse brings forth how dear, how dear God's people are to Christ. How dear that you and I as the elect of God are dear to Christ. And remember, there's a bunch of lost sheep out there, isn't there? And the Lord has a message going out, and he, he, he's going to save every one of his lost sheep. They're, they're not going to, how do we know? Because we're, we're saved. <laughs> he saved us, didn't he? We who are his people. I'm going to close with this little story. It's going to take a few minutes. But a guy named Happy Jack. Happy Jack. We may be like Happy Jack and repeat these words. I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all all in all. There once was a poor man who lived in a small country town who had not all the sense people usually have, but he had sense enough to be a great drunkard and a swearer he wants to listen to a poor woman. And she was singing this song as she went along the street. I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all. But Jesus Christ is my all in all. And she was singing this from her heart, beloved. And he went home repeating these words. And he put his trust in the crucified Savior. And he was really converted. Well, he soon came to the church. And though he was a peddler and always traveling about, he said to the folks at the local church, I want to join your church. They remember in his very sinful life. 
required some great evidence of a challenge before they received him. Oh, says he, I must come in. But you being a great sinner, and you are unconverted out of the elders. My, oh, my. Well, said Jack, I don't know if I'm unconverted, and I confess I'm a great sinner. But I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all in all. They could not get him from any other testimony. That's all he kept saying. They asked him all kinds of questions, and he just kept saying, I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all in all. So they let him in. They let him in. They couldn't refuse him, so they accepted him into fellowship. And after this, he was, he was happy. One day a Christian man came to him and said, but you always seem so happy, Jack. And pleased. How is it so? Well, he said, I, I ought to be happy for I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all in all. Well, but, said the gentleman, I, I can't see how you can always be so happy and sure I, I sometimes lose evidences of my, my salvation. Jack says, I don't. I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all in all. He never got away from that, did he? He never got away from that. Ah, said the friend, I am at times miserable because I remember my sad sinfulness, even that having since conversion. Ah, said Jack, well, then you've not began to sing. You've not began to sing. I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all in all. <laughs> isn't this wonderful? Oh, isn't it wonderful? Oh, said the friend, how do you get rid of doubts and fears? My faith frequently fails, and I miss my sure hope in Christ. My frames are so variable and feeling so contrary. What, what do you think of that? Think, said Jack. <laughs> Why, Master, I have no good things to care about because I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all. But Jesus Christ is my all in all. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? What a wonderful story, isn't it? What a wonderful story. Now we see the reason why our Lord interceded and said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. And may we sing and say with Jack, I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all in all. By the grace and mercy of God. Brother Dave, can you close us in prayer?